Let's see, it says meeting is now streaming live. So here we are. Welcome, 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 welcome to Let's Go Live with Jack Kelly. Thanks for joining. So today, today I got a lot, we got a lot to talk about. Got a lot to talk about. So initially this morning or last night I was preparing, we wanted to talk about basically, and as you know, this is all about the future of work. James, can you not crinkle your lunch bag? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so we're talking about the future of work. And one of the things we were going to talk about is that companies are trying to really take care of their employees. After a year and a half of a year, so many distractions, right? After, after a year and a half of going through a pandemic and having all these issues, people fairly burnt out. They have mental health issues and companies are trying to help them. But before I go into it, something else came up that I felt really needs to talk about. So we'll break it down to a couple of topics, but topic one, topic, topic number one. Today I was writing about the Delta variant and I hate to write about these things and talk about these things because I want to talk about positive stuff. So what happened today is that it was reported Google, Facebook, Twitter have all decided, hey, because of this new wave, we're going to push back people going to the office. Now, I know a lot of you can say, wait a minute, that's great news. In a way that is. So for people who don't want to go back in the office, this is actually amazing news, but it's kind of perverse because the reason you're not going to go back, you'll have to go back to work is because this new wave could be really bad. So these tech giants are basically saying that with the new CDC rules of, hey, you have to wear a mask indoors, even if you're vaccinated, these companies are saying, hmm, this does not sound too good. We're a little concerned and it puts them in a bind. So let's say you and I are the executives of a big company. And now we know there's this surge. Now, we don't know for sure if it's real or not, because what's frustrating, and I'm sure you could agree, and just so you know, put it out there. I'm vaccinated, got two shots. My wife is, my kids. Um, I'm not a scientist, even though it's hard for you to believe I'm not a scientist or an MD, but I'm not. And so this is just kind of one person's opinion. You don't know. You don't know who to really believe at this point, who's right, who's wrong. And I'm not even, this is not politics. This is just trying to make intelligent decisions. You know, because the CDC at first said, don't wear masks. Then they say, to wear masks. They say, hey, if you could get it on contact, if you touch something, then they say, no, that's silly. And on and on and on. So it's hard to know. But what happens, I think, it's for these companies. Let's go back to it. You and I, you know, we're, we're executives at ABC Big Company. And we hear that you have to wear masks indoors. You hear that there's a surge. You hear that there's the pandemic of the unvaxxed. Now you could block it all out and we could say, well, we're gonna ignore it and have everybody come to work. But if you do that, you run the risk of potential hurting your employees from a health perspective because they have to commute into work. They have to go on crowded streets. 
Let's take Manhattan. During the pandemic, there was a lot of downsizing, taking trains and buses offline, so that even if there are less people coming into the city, there are less buses and trains, so it gets more congested. So now you're gonna ask your people to come back into the office on crowded buses, trains, going walking through the streets, going to the office, having to wear a mask all day long, being surrounded by people. That doesn't sound very nice. Doesn't sound like a good experience, especially when a vast majority of Americans either want to work solely remote or want a hybrid where maybe two or three days in the office, the re rest of the time remote. So to me, it seems that companies really don't have a choice because if they push everybody to go back to work, they'll probably have a revolt on their hands because you're dealing with a population who doesn't really wanna go back to work. At least they don't wanna go back five days a week. So if you make them do that, they're gonna say, wait, I'm gonna run the risk of getting sick. And if there is another surge, what's gonna happen? Are the public schools gonna close again? And if they do so, what am I gonna do with my kids? So I can't go back in. I have to stay home and take care of my kids. And last year, up until recently, basically, let's say in New York and New Jersey, where they closed the schools, the online experience for learning is terrible. So the parents had to help out. So it almost pushes these companies to say, you know what, let's push back the start date. For instance, Apple was one of the first ones. Now, Apple is one of the big tech companies that didn't really firmly embrace remote work. They did allow remote work, but they really weren't on board, weren't on board. But I can see why. If you ever looked at their campus, it's just mind-blowingly amazing. Just probably spent kajillions of dollars on it. I don't think that's really a number term, but you spent a lot of money on that, on their, on their, on their headquarters. So of course they want people in there. So when they said, hey, you know what? Instead of coming back September, let's make it October. And you hear the same thing with Twitter, the same thing with Google. Same thing with Facebook. Then you start worrying, hey, what's, what's going on here? Another thing they're asking is to have everyone vaccinated. Now, each company is a little different, so I'm kind of generalizing. Now, the reason I'm kind of interrupting what I was going to talk about is for people who are looking for a new job now, people who are advancing their career, I think with this whole Delta variant thing, it's going to delay things. And what I mean by delay things is this. If, if someone is looking to hire, and let's take you know, Google or Apple or Facebook or Twitter, one of the companies who said that they're going to push back the opening and they're going to ask for vaccines, they have a lot on their plate now. They have to figure out, all right, what are we going to do? We were planning for a hybrid. We were planning to have three days in, two days out, a you know, certain amount remote, um, getting it all figured out. So now they have to change their whole plans. So now they may have to change their plans to push it back, keep people remote. Now they're saying, let's say to October, but who knows? Uh, it, it could be November, it could be December. Depends how things play out. So with that, um, with that level of uncertainty, when it comes to hiring and it comes to interview, it's gonna probably fall on the wayside. Because our, think about it, if you're a manager, what would you do? Would you pay more attention to, hey, I have a staff of 20 people. 
I got to know where are the 20 people, what are they going to do? Are they working remote, hybrid? Did they make plans? Now have they changed plans? You're probably looking at your team to make sure everything is going well first before you start bringing somebody new in. And then even if you wanted to bring someone new in and the candidate says, hey, Jack, what's the work arrangement going to be? And I would say, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. As of now, it looks like things are going to be pushed back a while. You're going to be remote for a while, but it could change. And that's hard if you're looking for a job. Now, if you're in between jobs and you're desperate and you need a new role, well, that's one thing. But if you are have a job and you're doing well and you're comfortable and everything is okay, then you figure, maybe I'll just wait. Maybe I'll wait because I, I, am I going to, I don't know. Am I going to work remote? And then some people, even though you want remote, it's kind of weird to start remote and you don't meet anybody in person. You don't know anybody. So I can see what's going to happen short term. And trust me, I don't like saying this. I'm not happy about saying this. And you can imagine as a recruiter, someone who runs a recruiting firm, this is not good for my business. It's bad for my business because what will happen, I believe, is that you're gonna have some slowdown. Usually you have slowdown in the summer to begin with. And then with this pandemic, a lot of people made plans because they just wanted to get away. They haven't seen their parents in a year. They haven't seen their siblings. They haven't gone away on any vacations. So they were using this time to go away. So I figured it'll be a little slow during the summer and maybe a little slower than usual because of the pandemic vacation getaways. Now I think to compound it, with this uncertainty, it might take a while for things to happen. Now, does that mean every job stops? Not at all. Does that mean hiring stops? Not at all. Does that mean interviewing stops? Not at all. It's just, I'd wanna manage your expectations that if you're looking for a job and you're on the search, it might take longer, it may be more cumbersome. And people aren't like me, I'm a very transparent person. So I'm telling you what I know and what I, what I believe is gonna happen. With companies, sometimes it's awkward. They don't want to say it because it makes it, it, sometimes it sounds like weakness that they don't know. I feel very comfortable saying at times, I don't know, but companies don't. So what do they do? They'll just interview and interview and interview because they don't know what's going to happen. So they don't want to pull the trigger. So they just kick kicking the can down the road. So if you're on one of these mega interview cycles where you keep going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, that's why, because they're not sure. So they're delaying the decision. Now, you might not be happy about hearing it, but at least you have an idea why this is happening. So if you're going through this process and wondering, why the heck am I having so much problem? This is it. Now, it made the news in the last day or two about you know, Google and Apple and Facebook and Twitter making all these decisions, but we all know they're big companies. So they were thinking of this long before. And if they think of it before, these are bellwether companies, leading companies that most others follow. Now, if you're a hiring manager too, you'll probably find less candidates because as I mentioned before, if you're not actively, actively looking, if you're not in between jobs, unless you're really desperate, unless you hate your boss, you're going to say, you know what? Hey, let me wait this out. No rush. You know, things aren't, I thought we were out of this pandemic. I thought we were all good, but evidently, Maybe not, I don't know. So let me just wait. And this is the tough thing that just let's wait and see. 
that wait and see is a killer when it comes to jobs, when it comes to interviewing, when it comes to getting offers. Because if companies aren't confident and hiring managers aren't confident, it's so much easier to say, let's keep looking. Let's look for someone else. So be patient. Don't give up. Keep trying. Keep doing everything. Get in touch with recruiters. Get on LinkedIn and market yourself. <coughs> Get yourself known. Get in touch with career coaches, resume writers. Use this time productively. Give it some more thought what you want to do next. Maybe if you're going to stay with the company longer, see if you can get a lateral move, a promotion, or just, just learn some new skills. So you want to use this time wisely. And if you're looking to hire, if you, know, you feel the frustration of why you don't get candidates, this is why. Because they don't know what's happening. So they're a little worried. They're concerned. So when you're concerned, you pull back and you wait. So I hope this gives a heads up to what's going on. Now, what I really wanted to talk about, what I really wanted to talk about is this. That, so after, after a year and a half, or I don't know how long this pandemic has been going, and evidently it's still going on. I'm an optimist. I was thinking, we're done. We're over. <laughs> we're past it. But I guess we're not. So some companies are really getting that mental health issues, emotional well-being is important. Now, when I say this, you'd roll your eyes and say, of course it is. But let's be honest. If we had this conversation two, three years ago, it really wasn't, we wouldn't. Because we didn't talk about those kind of issues. Yeah, if you break a leg, we'll talk about, oh, you broke your leg. What are you doing? How does it feel? Uh, whatever. But if you have mental, if you, you know, two years ago, three years ago, you have mental health issues, no one wants to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. It makes people feel uncomfortable. For the first time that I've seen in my, you know, career working is that now we could talk about it. And it's not only the workplace, in sports. You know, you have people who, whether tennis stars, gymnasts who come out and say, hey, you know, I need, I need to take a step back. I need to walk away from my mental health. And it's, and it's nice to see that companies are understanding it for the first time. And you have companies like LinkedIn, Hootsuite, Bumble, and others who are saying, hey, here's a week off. No strings attached. Just take a week off. And then the whole company is taking off. Now imagine there's a pocket of people who you know, would stay there just to make sure everything is okay. And the reason why everyone takes off, so you don't have that stress of like, okay, let's say maybe this group takes off this week, another group, another week, you know how it is. You feel obligated to answer the texts, answer the emails, take that phone call, do that extra work. So this way you could just unplug for the whole week and not feel guilty because everybody else is unplugged. Now, it may not seem like much, but I think that that says, that speaks volumes. It shows that companies are starting to change their perspective. They're getting that, <laughs> this is so funny, they're getting that they actually have humans who are workers, right? Shocker. They're not like robots. They're real people with real feelings and emotions and family and friends. And you need to take care of them. So they're finally recognizing that. So by giving that week off, now you may say, well, one week is nothing. And you're kind of right. But then again, the way we do things here is, is nuts. 
Most people, when you get a new job, it's two weeks. Think how, how wild that is. Two weeks, that's it. Two weeks. So let's say your young person graduates college. You're used to having spring break, Christmas break, all these different holidays, summer's off, and then you start working and you only have two weeks off? How can you recharge? In a way, I think this is why, you know, one of the reasons why here in the US, we're all so like up in arms, we're all aggravated and surly and quick to yell and scream and argue and fight. Because how can you not? If you're constantly working and there's really no nine to five anymore because we're connected through technology. So we're on all the time. So it's constant stress, constant work. So the extra week, I know most people say, well, big deal. And it is and it's not. I agree because one week it's okay. It'd be nicer if you would give you know, across the board, four-week vacations, five-week vacations, unlimited vacations. I'm an advocate for that. But I'm also a believer is they've got to start somewhere. You got to sometimes start somewhere, test it out, see how it works. So maybe with, uh, like with LinkedIn, with Bumble, Hootsuite, Mozilla, the web browser, they're doing it. And then you say, so let's say they come back after a week and they're super refreshed. They're very productive. They're motivated, they're happy. Then the company might say, you know what? This works. Let, let, let's, let's, in addition to whatever they're working, let's expand the vacation policies, the personal day off policies, give mental health days and other things so that they could really kind of be their best. Because let, let's, let's, you know, let's be frank, how many times do you go into office because you feel the pressure, you have to go into the office and you have to do your job, but you're burnt out. You can't focus, you can't think straight, you're just, just angry, you're irritated, right? I think we all go through that. But yet you feel you have to go because you don't have those days off and you don't want your boss yelling at you or giving a hard time or giving you these dirty looks where you have to worry about losing your job. So imagine if these companies, let's say it starts with that one week off and then maybe it's two weeks off. Maybe it's, you know, every Friday off. Maybe it's half days on Fridays. I think whatever measures they start putting in, and I believe you're going to start seeing it because workers have woken up to the fact that they've been taking advantage of for years and years and being pushed and pushed and pushed. And then with this remote experiment where at work, they realize we don't have to keep doing what we've always been doing. We could try new things. We could try things that make our lives better. And I definitely feel the more people feel better about themselves in the workforce, the harder they're actually going to work because they're going to be appreciative and they, they feel valued. Because if you don't feel valued, appreciative, you're just going to go through the motions. You're going to do the work. You're going to keep one eye on, a, on, on looking at jobs and seeing what else is out there. The other eye kind of looking at work. And that's not good for anybody. That's not good for you. It's not good for the company. A recent development, and see, this is why I say like one step at a time that these things happen. <clears throat> so Mark Takano is a Democrat congressman from California, and he just proposed a bill. I don't know, know the right word, language for bill, piece of legislation. I'll say piece of legislation because it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. It sounds like smart. So he proposed a, a piece of legislation calling for 
32 hours, basically 32 hour work week. So basically a four hour work week, which to me, I think is revolutionary. I don't think anyone's ever put that forth before. Now what Takano has said, he pointed to Iceland, Spain, Microsoft, Finland, various different companies that have tried a four day work week. And some of it has been very positive. Let's say for Iceland, for instance, which is a small country, so it was good. So they could do a test market and see how it worked. And it worked phenomenally well. And when I say phenomenally well, meaning people were highly productive, companies did well, people felt better about themselves. So it was a win-win across the board. Now, some other of these countries and companies, the jury's still out. We're still kind of collecting information to see how it is. But by, by the congressperson putting it out there, it makes it real because it makes people start to think, hey, why shouldn't we do it this way? Why does it have to be five days a week? Why does it have to be nine to five? Why is it only two weeks vacation? So what I'm suggesting is this, for the people watching this, to start asking questions to your managers, to your bosses, speak with your friends, your colleagues, your coworkers, start bringing these things up because I think the more people talk about it, the more change will happen. And right now, because it's, despite what I said at the beginning of the conversation, it's still a hot job market where there are a lot of needs and companies can't find the people and the help they, they, they need. So when the job seekers when workers are in demand, they have more of the power. So if collectively they say, you know what? There's a Delta variant. Even if you open up, we're not going. What are they gonna do? Fire everybody? They can't do that. Push everybody to go back? They push everyone to go back. One of the things, one of the good things about capitalism is that other companies will say, oh, <laughs> you're telling everyone to come back and they're not gonna come back? Welcome, come, come to us, come here. We'll let you work remote and they'll, and they'll get the best and brightest. So it won't be easy for companies to push you to go back. And then the same is gonna start holding true when they ask for, hey, I want more vacation time. <clears throat> because if you don't give more vacation time, if you don't allow staggered hours, especially let's say God forbid that this Delta variant lasts and now parents have to worry about childcare and sick relatives and all that. Say, wait, I can't go back and schlep into a, you know, LA or San Francisco or Chicago or Philly or, or New York because I, gotta I have these other commitments and I'm gonna have to quit and leave. Same thing, you'll find other companies that are gonna be progressive, forward-looking, forward-thinking and smart and say, you know what? We'll make the allowances because there's a trade-off. Yeah, we'll be empathetic, compassionate, serve your needs, and we'll get the best talent. So come on, join us. So I think as a combination, you start seeing these trends happen. They take a life of their own because you start thinking, wait, why can't we do this? Why, why do I have to show up? You talk about co corporate culture. Come on, when you go there, what's the corporate culture? You're sitting in a freaking cubicle. Is that, that's not a culture. You're like a little box, you know, you sit in a little box. It's not really corporate culture. So you realize, hey, why do I have to go nine to five in a big office building where it's either too hot, too cold, 
where that's my cat in the background. I don't know if you, if you, it's too hot, it's too cold. You have to stay there till five o'clock, where by four o'clock, you're brain dead, you're exhausted, you can't think straight, but you have to stay there for the sake of staying there. Then you got to go down, rush, get on a crowded train, come home, train breaks down. And I'm not exaggerating, this happens all the time when you commute to big cities. And you're exhausted, and then you do it again. So the future of work, I think, in this regard is, number one, we talked about at the beginning of the show, is unfortunately, we're gonna have to deal with health issues like viruses, outbreaks. This might, be, this might be kind of a reoccurring thing. It might be one of these things that it's not like one and done and it's over with, that we're gonna have to deal with this, whether it's the Delta strain or other strains moving forward. That's something we're gonna have to figure out both as you know, professionals, managers, CEOs, and figure out how to navigate. And I suggest that the smart, forward-looking executives are going to really take care of their people. The ones who don't, they're going to lose people. And because of all these changes, companies are going to have to be really creative. And that's where it comes in. Maybe doing away with a complete nine-to-five. Now, some people for nine-to-five is great because they, like, they just like the format. They like structure. Everyone is different. Other people rather start the day very early and end early. Some might rather start the day later and end later. Some have commitments, young children, obligations, sick relatives, whatever the case may be. So you need to kind of alter. To have five days in the office, these are too much burnout. So maybe four days, <coughs> that makes sense. It's why instead of eight hours, maybe five hours. Now, why would you be judged based on the amount of hours you're in an office? Shouldn't you be judged more on how productive you were? So if you come into the office and by, let's say you come in at nine and by three o'clock, you've done everything you know, you're supposed to do and then some. And now you feel a little tired because you're like, you really had a super productive day. Why do you have to stay another two hours? and then go home during rush hour when it's crowded. Why can't you say, hey boss, look what I did today. And you could point out everything you did. I'm like, oh wow, that was great. That was great. Okay, now stay for another two hours. Instead of saying, hey, go home, beat the you know, rush. I'm proud of you. You did a great job. Thank you. Get home. You get in front of all that traffic. Maybe you get home in an hour, it's four o'clock. Still have a long day in front of you. So this is what I believe is gonna happen with the future work. We're gonna see a better quality of life. We're going to find a better life and work balance, but it's not going to come easy. It's going to have to be a lot of people like myself talking about it, bringing it up, starting conversations, writing about it, things with uh, Representative Takano putting out that piece of legislation, whether it works or doesn't, it opens the conversation. <coughs> There's this couple, the Barnes, who started a whole four-week petition to get, you know, to get a four day, you know, four day work week. Um, Andrew Barnes ran, runs, he's a CEO of a financial firm in New Zealand, implemented his company, worked really well, and so well that he's saying, hey, let's try to push this across the board. Kickstarter jumped on, they're doing it. 
So slowly but surely, these things happen. Now, I'm not going to pretend it's going to happen overnight, but it'll happen. We're heading in that direction. So I know this is kind of a mixed bag of good and bad. You know, the Delta variant, the surge, wearing masks, not so good. Especially it's not so good when we don't even know, is this, is this, does this have to be this way? We're not sure. But I think if it pushes these companies to delay us going back to the office and keep us remote, well, maybe that's not so bad. Maybe that's the trade-off. And then also the trade-off is, hey, once we're working remote, if we're ever gonna go back, let's start figuring out other things. Let's look at different options so that makes it better for everybody. And then by having happier, motivated workers, company will do well. So it's a win-win. So I hope my, my kind of goals with these shows, with LinkedIn Lives, is to kind of bring these concepts up, kind of look down the road and see where things are heading. Because if you have an idea where things are going, you could position yourself in your career or your job to get ahead of the curve. But then also, you know, hey, I never even thought of asking my boss about kind of abbreviated hours or more vacation time or what have you. I didn't know this is, you know, this could be on the table. So I'm hoping to bring these ideas, concepts up that will help you in your career, help you in your job search, help you develop, give you some ideas. And then, as always, feel free, any topics you want me to cover, um, any comments, any suggestions. You know, I apologize. I know when you send comments in there, it's hard for me to kind of chat and then look at it without getting all distracted and ruining my flow. So I don't mean to be rude, but you could, I could answer you separately offline. So feel free, hit me up, or I could answer it after this. If you'd like me to discuss anything, let me know. Hit me up on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook. You know, I'm here to help. So it's Jack Kelly, CEO and founder of Recruiter. It's a job search uh, platform. Compliance Search Group, a recruiting firm, and um, senior contributor for Forbes. So thanks for watching and listening, and uh, have a great day. And even, even with the, the Delta variant, we'll get through this. We're strong. We're a great country. We'll get through this. We'll figure it out. Thanks. Have a great day.